0: We are recording with Dr. Shannon Croner on Tuesday, July 18th, 2023, at 2.22 p.m. Eastern Time. Author of I'm I'm, Vax, I'm Unvaccinated and That's Okay. And kind of, a, I guess, a children's book about uh, why some parents are choosing not to vaccinate their children and why that's okay. But, Dr. Croner, could you please introduce yourself? and the, And everybody, the link to the book is in the description, and you were just saying that Amazon's tampering with it. So could you maybe introduce yourself and then we can jump right into that.
1: Okay. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm Dr. Shannon Croner and, uh, yeah. So I've written a children's book called I'm unvaccinated. That's, and that's okay. And, um, your, uh, listeners can find out more about it on my website, which is drshannoncroner.com drshannoncroner.com. And, um, The book can be purchased on Barnes and Noble, um, and also on Amazon. And however, I had so many different issues with Amazon. Um, the book was available for presale up until yesterday and now it's live, like shipping out. Um, it's the craziest thing, but it shipped to a friend of mine who's local to in Los Angeles, and she got the book and in the flap of the book, like it must've come from someone who was packaging the book at Amazon, because when she opened the package and opened the book inside the inner flap is a sticker with a handwritten sticker that someone wrote that says vaccines don't cause autism. So I don't know how many people are going to get books with handwritten stickers in in it, but um, she's the first, and she's the first person I know to have actually received the book once it uh, starts shipping. So I'm happy it went to a friend of mine so that I yeah. can you know deal with it. Um, and we have a lawyer. Like I brought it to the um, I brought it to the publishing company, which is uh, Skyhorse Publishing, and then. The imprint is I can press. So that's uh, Dell Big Trees organization. And so I brought it to them and they have their lawyers looking into it because, you know, Amazon should not be tampering with the merchandise that they package. Uh, It's it's so bizarre. I mean, there was a lot that went on with Amazon when I first launched the book first when it was first announced really within, I want to say 24 to 48 hours, there were already being, and it was only pre-sale. Um, and I launched it on mother's day. Um, within, within a day or two, there were already fake books on Amazon and I had friends order the fake books to see what would come. And it was literally someone took a screenshot of the cover of my book and Filled the inside with just blank pages and shipped that and people were ordering that so There's a lot. There's a lot about you know, the book is is controversial and so people are doing whatever they can to you know Stop stop the messaging.
0: Well, it's all of human history has shown. You know, the censors are always the good guys You know, we know that the Nazis it's that's just the way the communists right history is shown time and time again that the good guys censor everything and shut down dissenting voices. I thought that was an accepted fact of life. But that yeah, I was about to say, I mean, regardless of like the kind of ridiculous nature of that straight up, just legally. that
1: Oh, it's totally illegal. You can't yeah. order something from a yeah. company and then because they disagree with the message, they, yeah. you know, destroy it.
0: I, I, sub- I suppose, legally they can, I don't know anything about publishing laws. I could imagine Amazon would, it wouldn't be great, but I feel like it's probably in their realm of, control to say we're not going to sell the book which that's a whole other rabbit hole but I, I, I think they could probably do that as a private company but I don't think you can sell it and then and then, as you're saying with, the, um, with the, the fake books again that's a legal thing and to be on Amazon I'd imagine all the data has to be there so you could probably get a lawyer just go in there and find out who's doing it but I've actually interviewed other people on here who've had books where the day it goes live fake books Surround it. Yeah, it's it's not uh, a new thing.
1: Book pirating. I think it's similar to like music pirating. And, um, you know, but that was taken care of. So I had to fill out a bunch of uh, infringement, copyright infringement forms. I would fill it out. I think Twitter was my, my best tool because I would fill out these copyright infringement forms and then take the issue to Twitter and uh tag jeff bezos and then all the amazon (laughs) like amazon help amazon whatever all the different amazon uh handles and um and say you know amazon is allowing for copyright infringement what are you going to do about it and so within about 24 hours then the book would come down and then a couple days later a new fake book would come up and that happened three times and I kept taking it to Twitter until someone who I, I don't know who who he or she is, but he uh, this person through Twitter contacted me and said, I have friends at Amazon and they're looking into this and we will make sure it never happens again. And ever since then, it ha- that hasn't happened again. But hmm. so now we have a whole other issue where the people packaging the book are tampering with it. So, you know that's insane Uh, though yeah
0: that that's that's (laughs) just just psychotic it really is like so i mean is that the opening line of the book that vaccines cause autism
1: so that's not the opening line (sighs) but the the book is about um the book is about a, a young boy who he's unvaccinated and he shares what life is like for him Being an unvaccinated boy in a world, in today's world, where there's so many pressures to get vaccinated, and why his parents chose not to vaccinate him. And so he explains that his older sibling is vaccine injured. And there are, you know, two pages in the book that go into, you know, what her injury is and how vaccines, even though, you know, doctors say that. Um, or even though, like, the narrative is that vaccines don't cause autism, I, in a really simplistic way, explain that vaccines, you know, here's the thing about autism. Autism is like a set of yeah. people don't just wake up and have autism. It doesn't work like that. You know, it's not like somebody who wakes up and has a cold or the flu or something. You know, to be diagnosed with autism, you have to have a, a set of behaviors that, that lead to the diagnosis. And those behaviors have to, um, you know, or like they have to go on for a couple, it's not like a one overnight type of a thing. Um, and so what the truth is, is that, yeah, okay, if somebody wants to say vaccines don't cause autism, fine, I'll give them that. But what vaccines do cause is they they can and, and often do, is cause encephalitis which is brain swelling and brain swelling then leads to brain damage and brain damage then leads to the autism diagnosis because that's at that point that's when you know kids have now lost speech they've lost eye contact they've lost you know um certain everyday skills and so you know the shorter version is vaccines cause autism that's the easiest way to say it but if you know, the medical society and scientists and research papers and all of these people, the, the media and the narrative is that vaccines don't cause autism. Well, like I said, it's not like uh, the flu, you know, a, a bug causes the flu, or if someone with the flu sneezes on you, and then you get the flu. It's not like that with autism. It's a, you know, actually, to be diagnosed with autism, it takes a while, like it, you have to go through a bunch of steps so so yeah i mean vaccines they do cause autism but the the longer way to say it is that vaccines cause encephalitis which then leads to brain damage which then leads to an autism diagnosis and my book kind of explains that in a very simple way that is not aggressive um and easy to understand for any child Or parent, Um, the intention with my book was really to open lines of communication between parents and child, uh, like between parents and children. Who, if a child has questions about why they are unvaccinated, this helps that communication between parent and child. But then it also it's done in such a beautifully simplistic way. And it covers all the basics of like vaccine concerns. So it covers, you know, the little boy in the book explains that his parents are concerned with the fact that there's no liability. And what does liability mean? It means being responsible for your actions. And that, you know, the pharmaceutical companies and the people who make the vaccines, they don't take responsibility for their actions. And so there is no liability. And that's a concern of his parents. And that another concern is the overwhelming vaccine schedule. Um, you know, when I was a child, it was a few shots of you know, a couple doses. But uh today, when a child is born today, by the time they turn 18, it's almost a hundred doses of 17 shots. And or we could say 17 vaccines, because one of those vaccines is actually not a shot, it's a liquid that uh for the rotavirus. But it's almost a hundred doses of Seventeen vaccines, and that's especially now that they've added the um, COVID vaccine to the recommended childhood vaccine schedule. It can even go over a hundred, depending on how many times people get boosters and and things like that. But it's, I mean, that's crazy that we would expect to inject and and give children that many, uh, that much toxicity uh, during the most important years of development. And, um, so the book talks, you know, briefly about that. The book also talks about like how the vaccine schedule, uh, the vaccine plan, it's a, it's a one size fits all, uh, way of doing vaccines. So for instance, right now, uh, on the vaccine schedule, the hepatitis B shot is recommended for the first day of life. So baby's born, and then the nurses come and take the baby to go get their hep- first hepatitis B vaccine, which is really crazy because hepatitis B, it's um, usually a sexually transmitted disease, or it's um, contracted. It, it's you get it through um, drugs like sharing needles, you know, and every woman who um, is pregnant is also screened for hepatitis B. So if a if the mom is screened for hepatitis B and we know that the mom does not have hepatitis B, there's no reason at all for a baby, a newborn to get the hepatitis B vaccine. No reason whatsoever. So let's say the parent decides to put that shot off for a couple years or until now, like in uh, California, the hepatitis B vaccine is required for entrance into seventh grade. So let's say the parents decide to put off the hepatitis B vaccine on the first day of life or the first week of life and wait until the child then goes into seventh grade. That same shot with the same dose and the same vial is the same one we would give to a six pound infant or a hundred pound seventh grader—it's the same one, you know. And so the book talks about how it's why are we a one size? Why is the vaccine? Why are vaccines one size fits all? Um, people are different sizes, different shapes, sizes, weights, and different genetic history. Um, so, so that's another thing that the book you know talks about. But I've really kind of taken all the vaccine issues that are of concern and simplified it and put it into a children's book, which is really meant for, you know, parent and child to read together. And, um, some people may say to me, like, you know, this is a really heavy topic for a child to be reading. But the fact is, is that we live in a world today where vaccines are really like thrown into our faces. Uh, it's the narrative on the media all the time, especially post COVID. Um, you know, where children need the right words and the right answers to defend themselves in school and in their doctor's offices. And especially in a time where now, like for instance, in California, children 12 years old and up can go and get certain vaccines without even a parent's consent. So children need to know the information and they need to be able to defend themselves against the pressures of society. And so um, so really, that's what this book is for. It has a really great glossary. So if there is a word that they don't understand, such as, let's say, autism or formaldehyde, they go to the glossary, read what that is, what it means in a, in a really easy way to, for anybody to understand. It's a really great first vaccine book for parents and children.
0: Uh, just to play devil's advocate, it can't be that every vaccine is bad. Is there? Are there any? Are there just? I mean, I someone that was born <laughs> in nineteen ninety, and I guess I have whatever the normal was for. I didn't get the COVID vaccine because I didn't want it, but just I mean, just playing devil's advocate. I mean, are they all bad? I mean,
1: I after having done okay, so so let me just kind of tell you a little I, bit. By about the by my... the way, I
0: I personally like don't have it. I don't care. I'm just I'm just throwing it no, out there asking you, yeah. This, no, is like, no, this no. isn't me attacking I mean, and you I'm, and putting pamphlets in your book. Like, I don't I don't, I don't,
1: I don't take it. That, I like this question. I think All it's right. a good question. Um, here's the thing. Let me tell you just a little bit about my background, sure. and then, and I'll lead into answering that question, okay? Yeah. So I have been working with the special needs community since 2001. I started off in my early 20s not knowing anything about anything. And I, went, I just knew I wanted to work with kids and help them in some way. So I um, got a job as what's called a floor time therapist. So I was it's kind of like play therapy. And I was assigned different cases working with kids. Most of the time they had autism. And, um, and I didn't even really know I had to take like a one week long training course of what autism is and what floor time therapy is and behavior therapy and stuff like that. And so one of the roles of my job was to go in and do an assessment and do an do an intake, do an intake of like, asking the parents, you know, How was your pregnancy? Were there any complications? How was your labor? Were there any complications? At what point did you notice your child, you know, not meeting certain milestones? Did your child ever, was your child ever able to speak? Was he or she not able to, you know, at what point did he lose speech? Um, Was your child ever able to make eye contact? At what point did they lose eye contact? So that was one of my roles for this job and i would hear over and over again the same story my i had a normal healthy pregnancy normal healthy labor child was meeting milestones for the first couple years and then they had a bad reaction to whatever vaccines were given at their annual visit or whatever visit doctor's visit it was um and it just set off all the alarms of things going wrong. Um, Suddenly the child who was able to say a few words because they were maybe two years old had lost their ability to, to say words. And, um, for the child who was able to get really excited when it was their birthday and open presents and understand that a present is something to be opened and there's going to be a toy inside and they get that excited or, uh, candles on a birthday cake that they understand that they're supposed to try and blow them out. What would happen is that by the third birthday, they didn't have that anymore. And they were, they didn't have that ability to understand that candles are meant to be blown out, that you're supposed to get excited, that you're supposed to be excited on, on your birthday when you have a birthday party and a birthday present um, or Christmas morning type of stuff, you know, like they, these kids had that, and lost that. And the parents would show me videos, pictures, videos of like birthday parties, uh, holiday dinners, whatever, you know, fourth of July, things like that, where they would show me the before and after. And it was always the same story is that my child was fine, developing fine meeting milestones, and then after vaccines, something changed. And so here I was in my young 20s, I didn't have a child at the time. And so I took the information, but it, it really didn't apply to my own self. Like, it didn't apply to my life. So I was just doing the job, you know. Then in 2009, I became pregnant with my first son. And that's when I really, that's when I really started to wake up. Now, the waking up process to vaccines, it takes a while. It's not like, I mean, maybe for some, it's an overnight, it's an instantaneous thing. For me personally... It took a while that whole time that i was working with kids i really thought that it was the vaccine schedule because sometimes kids go in and they get five shots at a time and i thought that maybe it was the overwhelming amount of toxins at one time and so when i was pregnant my goal or idea was that i was going to do what's called like the bob's dr bob sears schedule which is like two shots at a time. Sometimes it's one shot at a time. And so that's kind of what I had in mind is that that's what I was going to do for my son. Well, it was in November that I was pregnant. I was 12 weeks pregnant in November, which is flu season. And it was also 2009. So it was during, we had the swine flu epidemic, pandemic, whatever swine flu was all over the news. And, um, I was told by my doctor, you need to get the swine flu shot and the flu shot. And I had enough knowledge about vaccines that I had said, I don't want the swine flu shot because the swine flu shot uh, was too new. I didn't know anything about it. I felt there wasn't enough research. So I declined the swine flu shot and the doc, my doctor's office accepted that. And then they said, but you really should get the flu shot. Like if you're not gonna get the swine flu shot, you at least should get the flu shot because you don't wanna get the flu while you're pregnant. And so, you know, I was really hesitant to do, to get it. But then they said to me that it, the one that they had is preservative free. So I said, well, if it's preservative free, I guess that means it's safe. So I got the flu shot when in 2009, pregnant, 12 weeks pregnant. Within a few days, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was having a perfectly fine, healthy pregnancy. I woke up in the middle of the night, profusely leaking amniotic fluid. Um, I didn't fall. I didn't, there wasn't anything that pushed me or anything like that. I was sleeping. It was like two o'clock in the morning and I woke up leaking amniotic fluid. It was as if my water broke. Hmm. When I say like profusely, it was as if when someone's water breaks. Yeah. And so I went to the ER, and that was a horrible experience where they actually told me that i had lost the baby so i was devastated and then Ouch. the next day but it gets it's a better it gets better okay. the story so, <laughs> they were just a horrible doctor a horrible yeah. hospital so they told me that i lost the baby uh they wouldn't go into any details with me or anything so i went to my doctor my ob the next following morning where he told me well we have good news and bad news the good news is that your baby has a strong, still has a strong heartbeat. The bad news is you've lost 95% of your amniotic fluid. And I said, you know, how could this possibly happen while I'm sleeping in the middle of the night? Nothing happened. The only thing that I've done differently in the last few days was I got the flu shot. And, you know, nobody's going to say, oh, well, that's probably what it was because, you know, why would they say that? They don't want to... Um, they don't want to spotlight the flu shot like that. And so, um, uh, they, what if that was like a whole other issue of things that I had to then go through where doctors were constantly telling me that, you know, I don't have enough amniotic fluid for the baby to grow that I really needed to end the pregnancy. And well, you know, the thing is, is I really wanted a child and I had been working in the field of special needs for quite some time. And, um, I said, I was like, listen, you know, if there's anybody who can, can have a special needs child, it would be me because I understand special needs. And so maybe this is my life path. And so, um, you know, I did not end the pregnancy and they, everybody, everyone, when I say like everyone, every doctor, I went to so many different, um, visits, like so many different opinions, every doctor was like, you really need to end the pregnancy, that this child is not going to be able to, this child will be disfigured and not grow properly and not breathe properly and not walk properly and uh, not be able to ever play sports. And you don't want to have a child like this. And, you know, um, don't do this to a child. You have the opportunity now to end the child's life and you can start over. It's still early. I mean, I heard it all and I'm really stubborn And so I kept saying no and I went home and did my own research on how to regenerate amniotic fluid, not a single doctor, not one doctor told me that I should do that. Not one doctor told me that I, my body could regenerate the amniotic fluid that I lost. So I did my own research and I found um, some studies that showed women who have low amniotic fluid, that the way to increase their amniotic fluid was by being hydrated. So I put myself on bed rest and drank a lot of water like all day long drank water and this was all happened in week 12 and by week 20 <laughs> I'm
0: by the week most 20 hydrated podcaster in the world <laughs>
1: I love water. I still love water.
0: It's Yeah, here's another one. This, yeah, well, this so is here's, the your, here's mine. Yeah, this go is ahead. the ice, and th- these are the ones to fill up the ice water so I don't have to get up out of my chair. But God forbid I go yeah. three minutes without. My mom said that I've had a gl- cup of water with me since I had, like, the motor skills to hold a cup.
1: There you go. Yeah. I've ne- You'll never see me without like a I know. bottle of water.
0: I know. The so. worst time of the night is going to bed, and I'm like, I have to stop drinking water or I'm going to get up all night. It truly is. It's Every night, it's like my mini pity party. And I'm like, I'm sorry. We, we can start drinking as soon as you wake up. I'm an alcoholic, but with water. I'm like, we just one more drink. That's the best just, kind. Just one more drink. I swear, I swear I'm fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's the best kind. It's yeah. very healthy for you. So, well, water saved my son's life because you know, by week 20, my amniotic fluid was back to 100%. And all the doctors who had told me to end the pregnancy said, Oh, my God, this is amazing. It's a miracle and stuff like that. And I was like, Well, yeah, because I didn't listen to you. (laughs) So, you know, here I was thinking that really, it was like, you know, the vaccine schedule was what's bad is the five shots together, the three shots together. I mean, there's some kids who even get seven together. Yeah, that's 100%. I would say that's going to cause damage. Seven shots together, you're guaranteed some form of vaccine damage. But, you know, I didn't think that it was just one individual shot. And going back to your question about, like, are all vaccines bad? Well, you know, I don't want to say, like, all vaccines are bad. However, I had one shot and it did plenty of damage. It almost cost my son his life. And that was a preservative free flu shot. So yeah, I mean, I think that they're not, you know, everybody, every person's body is different. We're all different. We all have a different medical history, genetic history. Um, what, What may affect one person may not affect another person. And it could be that one shot that kills somebody. And it could be that one shot that doesn't. And I can tell you this, I did the first public reading of my book uh, a few days ago and it was, uh, it was filmed by the high wire and I invited, you know, people to come bring your kids and I'm going to read this book and it will be, it will be filmed and used for the high wire. And this man came up to me and he came up to me after the whole uh, reading book reading was over, came up to me and he was in tears and he said to me that his wife had recently died from the hepatitis B vaccine. It took one, one shot. Uh, it, what happened is she got the hepatitis B vaccine because she worked in a prison. And so she thought that it was, you know, mandatory for her. She could have, uh, I guess she could have said no to it, but she felt that it was mandatory and she was working in a prison where I'm sure hepatitis is much more, uh, rampant in in a prison you know i'm sure there's a lot more hepatitis in a prison so i could understand someone wanting to get the hepatitis b vaccine if you work in a prison and so she did she got it and it ended up paralyzing her from the neck down and the paralysis ended up she had paralysis for so many years until she ended up dying and uh you know that's her story. And it took one, one shot, one vaccine. So are all vaccines bad? Um, I think that all vaccines have the potential to be dangerous. Um, I won't say that they're all bad because, you know, there are people that want to get vaccinated and that's their choice. And I'm not saying that they're making a bad decision. However, I think that every vaccine has the potential to do damage. And to be dangerous so that's my my long answer to your question I think it's a good question
0: no I think I think that was a perfect answer yeah what you said about you know the only thing you've done differently is you got the flu vaccine it there it's so odd there's just this this mental block of no one wants to question it and I get it I mean doesn't make it right but there is the social stigma of well, we don't want to say it's the vaccine I'm not an any. it doesn't make it right but it's you know as a functioning human on this planet we've all been subject to peer pressure in middle school high school college like I get it but it's just so odd that you think if anyone would have the maturity to just drop any peer pressure it would be and maybe this is just a, an infantilized view of the world but you think it would be the doctor with the white coat that would be like, Hey, we need to examine you right. You go in there and you, know, you always hear stories of someone that comes in. They're like, no, everything's fine. And the doctor's like, Hey, cut the shit. Like, did you take some drugs or not? Cause we need to like, you might die. Right. The doctor, there's just that sort of like, I'm not going to tell your parents. I'm not going to call the cops. Right. There's that sort of like, it's just you and me. I'm here to help you. Right. They've seen it all. You can't lie to them, whatever. And, um, but then when it comes to that, there's just this, the eyes glaze over and you can't, and I wouldn't say it's all as sinister as, oh, they're receiving money from big pharma, even though we know that does exist. The book Pharma by Gerald Posner shows extensively that we'll know oftentimes they are directly taking. They
1: actually, so doctors yeah. get an incentive yeah, um, yes. to push vaccines because of, from the pharmacy, from the um, insurance companies. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, so, no. So that does exist. It's also it's also not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. Like that also does exist. But I'm saying that that's not every single doctor everywhere. But there is just No, a... I mean
1: there there doc- the thing is is like there are doctors who we really need informed consent. Yeah. And that's and and the ability to make a choice. And they can't just be drug pushers, they can't just be vaccine pushers, you know. Um I, here, I'll tell you, I have a really good friend who ended up becoming, like, addicted to painkillers at a very young age because she was having, you know, certain, she was, oh, she was having, like, um, abdominal pain, and the doctors just kept giving her higher doses of, like, first it was, like, Vicodin, and it was Percocet, then it, and she was only, like, I don't know, 14 years old when this was Jeez. going on or something, and so... You know here she's being given all these painkillers and it ended up causing her to be addicted to painkillers and she had to go to rehab and stuff like that you know i mean doctors can't that's a that's a serious issue That doctors just like oh here mask it with this painkiller take this vaccine yeah oh, exactly well that's you know well, we're having a huge crisis right now in america with um what's it called uh, fentanyl fentanyl right and so um but yeah i mean it the pharmaceutical industry they are driven by money yeah driven by profit not driven by health not driven by care they don't they don't care about you know uh the well-being and health of the american people they care about how much money is in their pockets how much profit that they're making uh, you know, th- I I don't remember which pharmaceutical company it was. I want to say I think it's Pfizer, but here Pfizer was pushing their vaccine, and then with a year later they have like a heart heart problem medicine. You know, yeah,
0: no, they, they they Pfizer and I think Moderna were both talking about. You know, on through they're, they're going take the vaccine. There are no adverse side effects. Completely unrelated. We're also developing an mRNA vaccine to deal with myocarditis. Like,
1: yeah, Like I mean, but, and they had their, they also came out with some kind of like a pill or something to deal with, uh, heart problems something yeah. like that. And I'm just like, yeah, create the problem and then create the cure, which then creates another problem and then another problem. And then, like, the, it's just this vicious cycle that keeps on going where it's keep put, keep putting money in their pockets. And that's really what it's about. And, you know, um, When I think about the vaccine industry, it's really I've actually been to the different um, they're called ACIP meetings where they vote on how many vaccines to add to a schedule. If they want to put a new vaccine on the schedule, it takes place at the CDC. It used to before the pandemic used to go and be in person. And now they just do it online and it's not open to the community and stuff like that. But I remember sitting there and like they would do this whole where like people could come up and voice their opinions. They had like 30 seconds to say what whatever it is that they wanted to say. The people who voted on whether to add a certain vaccine to the schedule or how many doses somebody would need it or whatever, were not listening to the people that were at the microphone. They're each person's 30 seconds. They didn't care about that. They, it wasn't going to change their minds and when they would vote they would it was like the science wasn't even there they it was i remember being there listening to them talk about it was like japanese encephalitis that they were adding for travel that vaccine for travel and it was like the percentage of people who got like japanese encephalitis it was like there was more of a chance to get struck by lightning than to actually and like get yeah, they're like yep we're gonna add another one to the schedule and gonna make it you know important for people to travel and whatever and it's just like and you know i don't know i just the whole vaccine industry is so corrupt
0: yeah and it's i think what we're we're both kind of on the same page as is like if you want to get a vac go for it like i'll never be someone to say like no you can't The whole argument is is just informed consent and let me decide.
1: Yeah, and actually that's the overall message of my book. It literally, I can tell you, like I have the book right right here. Um, The first page starts off by saying, it says, to the vaccinated, partially vaccinated, and unvaccinated, the choice should always remain your own. I'm telling you, it's like it's about choice, and then the very last page, I kind of sum it all up again and say, um, the decision to vaccinate should always be a personal choice. Medical professionals, schools, and people in positions of power should never pressure anyone to vaccinate against their will. And the little boy he talks about, like some of my friends are vaccinated. Some of my friends are not, and they all love me the same, you yeah. know, and so that's really the over the overall message of the book is that it's about vaccine choice. And you know, what, being from California, I've lived my whole life in California. We have no choice here. Children have no choice here. Um, They cannot go to school if they're missing one vaccine that's required one, even one, one dose. If they're missing a dose, they cannot go to school, uh, private school, public school, religious school. They cannot go. And that started back in 2015 with SB 277 when our religious exemptions were moved. And then in 2019, uh, the medical exemptions were actually removed. So if let's say for instance, let's say for instance, um, there's two siblings, right? And the first sibling was vaccine injured and, and the doctors know and the, parents know and everybody knows that this child was perfectly fine and then ended up getting a vaccine and then now suffers from seizures right a lot of those people who experienced a vaccine injury with their first child will not vaccinate the second child because of fear of everything that they went through with the first child they don't want to damage and hurt and injure the second child and so a lot of second children who are siblings to vaccine injured children remain unvaccinated. And if a parent wanted to get a medical exemption for that second child so that they can go to school, it is not allowed. It is not allowed in California. Whereas in some other States that would be allowed, but in California we do not have medical exemptions anymore. The only time somebody can get a medical exemption is if they're like literally like on taking chemo and they want to, um, maybe hold off on a vaccine for a few months or a year or whatever, then that child may be be given a medical exemption. But it's like there's no other way to get a medical exemption in California for children in order for them to go to school. So the only choice that a child has in California for education is homeschool. That's it. Or move. And I'll tell you, my kids, all of their friends have left California. They've all moved out of the state. They've moved to states like Arizona, Texas, Idaho, Georgia, Florida, where freedom is allowed when it comes to vaccines. In California, there is no vaccine freedom
0: and no liability
1: and no liability. Yeah, that's the that's the other really big issue is like they are forcing the children to get vaccinated. Get vaccinated or don't go to school. And if you get vaccinated because we forced you and you end up having seizures or brain swelling or whatever, it causes you to almost die. oh Well, you know, too bad for you. That sucks. Nothing we can do about it. And now you have to pay all your own medical bills for the rest of your life of taking care of that injured child. No liability.
0: And don't you dare talk about it on social media.
1: Yeah, that's true, So we're going to force too. you
0: to get it. You're screwed that's if you too. get injured. And keep it to yourself. I yep. mean, is that not more of like if you removed vaccines with just domestic violence? <laughs> I mean, true. can you imagine that headline? Women, sometimes you're going to catch a fist from your husband. Dinner should have been ready. Shut your mouth. I mean, my God.
1: It's abusive. There it's would abusive rightfully behavior. be riots in the streets. The vaccine in California and other states like New York, Connecticut, um, you know, where where vaccines are mandated, um, it's abusive. It's 100% yeah. abusive. And and
0: insanity.
1: It's, and it's crazy. So, yeah.
0: Well, the only way it's ever going to change is if people talk about it. And so that's what your book does. That's what I try to do on this podcast is the radical idea of let's at least hear it out. I'm not even, not even telling people to do X, Y, or Z, just hear it out.
1: Honestly, that's the most, I think the most important thing in today's world is to be open-minded is to hear exactly what you're saying, hear what the other side says. And you know, at what point did we stop believing parents? You know, that's, that's the problem is that we, shut them up. We don't like, you know, society, the media, our government, you know, has started this like trend of not believing what parents have to say about their children. And, you know, someone, when I, I, when I said I did like a public reading of this book the other day, someone came up to me after and said, you know, this book's not only good for parents and children who are unvaccinated, but it's actually a really great book for, kids who are vaccinated and need to learn more compassion for their unvaccinated peers. Hmm. And I think that that's a really great point because that's what this book, you know, uh, sets up is it, it shows people to be compassionate to the choices that they make to the, uh, to be compassionate to others for the choices that they make, whether they vaccinate, don't vaccinate or somewhere in between. Um, it's their choice and we need to be compassionate and accepting of the choices of others.
0: Exactly. So, um, well, Dr. Croner, I know I said I would, I was going to let you go five minutes ago and I haven't cause I'm a terrible host, but um, that's okay. Guys, it's a if,
1: good conversation. Thank so you. I,
0: I enjoyed it. Um, guys, if you want to go grab the book, it's in the description. I cannot guarantee that you'll get a book without blank pages. And I also can't guarantee that you won't get a handwritten note. <laughs> Um, that's up well, for wait, you. hold
1: on. So wait, the blank pages one, that's gone. Okay, so for now. Definitely get, for now, for that's now. true. I, if the way to know that you're getting the actual real book is people can either get it, they can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, Also, there's I can Press. They are selling the book as well. But if you're going to get it from Amazon, it must say at the top that it, it's from Shannon Croner. Like there's like a little blue, uh, hyperlink that if you click on, it goes to like my author page. And so when you buy from Amazon, make sure it has that little blue Shannon Croner hyperlink. Um, and then that way, you know, you get the authentic, real, I'm unvaccinated and that's okay. Book. Um, whether or not there's a personal message in the book from someone packaging at Amazon, I cannot guarantee
0: <laughs> it's just so. consider it a consider it a fun treat. I don't a, know a bonus. it's a happy meal toy for an adult. Just there you ta- go. take it as a trophy. I don't know. Um, you you but you... let
1: me know. I want to hear from people, like if people are getting damaged copies or, copies that's anything written inside or stickers or whatever, I want to know. So people, and I've put that out on my Twitter as well. Like I want people to contact me and let me know that their book, it, you know, if, if something has been tampered with the book, I want to hear about it because, you know, if I start to see the book just came out, like it's just being shipped this last like 24 hours. So if there are more books with these like handwritten stickers or anything else in it, um, I'm building a case because yeah. I, you know, there's already a lawyer who's looking into what what he can do. So,
0: absolutely, yeah. So, guys, please comment on this video if you end up getting a a botched version with a handwritten note from some psychopath who feels the need to defile a children's book. That's that's a healthy individual. That's that's a person who's doing well. I don't know. Maybe pray <laughs> for that person too, uh, Doctor Croner. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll email you the the link to this if you want to tweet it. And, uh, yeah, guys, if you get a, again, please comment if you get a a, uh, less than mint condition book. And um, I'd love to have you on here again sometime. Dr. Croner, thank you so much. Thank you so
1: much for having me on. Thank you.
0: Guys, thank you for watching. Take care, everybody. Recording stop. love. Peace.